Podcast Pals. Podcast Pals. Podcast Pals. Podcast Pals. What is up, guys? And before we get started with this episode two of Podcast Pals, I'd like to make a special announcement. After a couple hours of talking with my co-hosts, we decided that for our fan base, we're going to refer to you guys as the Listener Lads. So welcome to the Listener Lads families. Alright, so I'm here with... JD... And Charlie. And we're going to learn about Mars. So let's get out of this world. Ha! <laughs> 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 that joke was spectacular. <laughs> Space. So uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to colonize Mars. I don't know about y'all. But why Mars, Charlie? I'll tell you why. Oh, so, okay. On Earth, the climate is rapidly changing because of our carbon emissions from cars, boats, planes, factories, other things like that from burning fossil fuels. What's a fossil fuel? A fossil fuel comes from dinosaurs, like they're fossils <laughs> and they're underground and we burn them Whoa. and it releases their carbon into the atmosphere, mm. which causes a greenhouse effect on the earth, oh. which traps heat, which is why we're facing climate change. So is that like global warming? Yeah. Oh, okay. I get and it. which is definitely real, right? Yes. Right. I will, let's, we're not going to say it's real, we can't. <laughs> The podcast files cannot confirm whether it's real or not. We, we do not know for sure. Possibly could be China. We still are not sure. It's, it's probably China, but let's get back on topic. So, Mars could act as an alternative for supporting human life if the Earth becomes too toxic for us because of our carbon emissions. If this were the case, uh, but we had already set up a self-sustaining colony on Mars before that happened then we could be able to at least live on the uh, on another planet before the end of Earth. Speaking of, like, <coughs> toxics, toxics, toxins, you know, like, World War Three, like, nowadays war is just flexing how many, flexing how many nukes you have. <laughs> and so if there was a World War Three, then there'd just be, like, a ton of nukes, just like, whoosh, whoosh. And if those would explode, that would destroy... Not be good. Yeah, that would, like, destroy be the Earth, because... Two nukes on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Those are like they're still dealing with the side effects of that, like seventy years after they actually dropped it. And plus, seventy years worth of technology going into a nuclear bomb. We have no idea like how dangerous these things are. I was just watching a show called The Hundred, very popular show on a uh, Netflix. If you guys want to watch it, would recommend. But not sponsored. Not sponsored. Oh. Or it's the basis of it. You know, is that Earth, basically World War Three happened. Nukes everywhere. Everything became radioactive. Earth wasn't survivable. So their alternative was to go to a arc. They called it basically just a giant ISS, International Space Station. But while we could do that. A better option would probably be going to Mars, because I don't want to be living in a tin can floating around Earth. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be living in a planet like Mars. Like Mars. By the and way, uh, the hundred. If you want to sponsor us, hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> we will be accepting any money. We're whatsoever. poor. We're poor. But I mean, I think another option for why we should is just like Mars is cool. Like, why wouldn't we want to go to Mars? Maybe there's like some secret extraterrestrial life as a giant possibility one of the reasons we can make this assumption that there is life in Mars is because we have significant evidence pointing to uh, the fact that there is water on Mars actually European space agencies uh, Mars spacecraft that 
reached Mars 15 years ago gave uh, us evidence that there is um, frozen water. It Could you call that ice? <laughs> that would be called ice, yes. You, solid you're correct. form of H2O. <laughs> yeah, there's ice uh, on Mars, and obviously that could point to life being on Mars already, and that it can also help us uh, to when we reach Mars, it will allow us to sustain life there because we have H2O, which obviously we need to survive. Um, also, another point I could make uh, for colonizing Mars is terraforming Mars, and what that means is uh, taking a planet and making it more habitable by or for us, for humans. So the technology really isn't there yet for making this possible for Mars, but the idea is to get more carbon dioxide into that uh, atmosphere to make it thicker so it could hold heat in, and then we could eventually grow plants on it and make it more suitable for our living there. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That sounds really good. You know, I'd like to be there someday. Me too, man. Now, as we all know, for every coin, there's a flip side. And there are actually people that think that we shouldn't colonize Mars before we save this planet. <laughs> Tree huggers, am I right, guys? <laughs> so, moving on. Um, there are a lot of reasons why we can't just pack up and go to Mars today. One of those reasons being Mars is pretty far away from Earth. Mars is actually 33.9 million miles away from Earth. And a journey like that has not been done before. The closest, or the farthest journey, sorry, that's been done is to the moon, and that is not comparable to Mars. Uh, this long journey will take a lot more resources, a lot more money, and because of that, it's going to be very hard to travel to Mars. Uh, also, the average person needs about 2,500 calories a day in order to maintain their body weight. So for a trip to Mars and back, you would need to have enough food to provide one and a half million calories. And that's only for one person. That's a lot of calories. And uh, with the technology that's actually currently available, it would take a rocket at least 150 days to reach Mars. With a lot of variables that could affect the time, like the weight of the rocket, like how good the rocket is the orientation at which it takes off there's just like a bunch of unknown variables that could affect how long it could take to get to mars and it's really hard to account for those so scientists don't really know how much supplies they would need to pack aboard a rocket also in many mars depictions and uh simulations of mars colonies you see big white domes clear domes and uh there's no one outside, though, and that's because Mars' atmosphere is completely different than Earth's atmosphere. Earth's atmosphere is perfectly built for us. It has oxygen, tons of it. And uh, also, the atmosphere, it's less than, like, a percent of our atmosphere in terms of pressure. So even if there was oxygen in the atmosphere, it's actually, like, mostly carbon dioxide. But even if it were nitrogen and oxygen like our atmosphere is, you would still suffocate because there's almost nothing there to breathe. But guys, listen to this. Why don't we just get like a big straw from <laughs> Earth's atmosphere and yeah. just thump into Mars? Would that work? Just get like a bendy straw, and but make it really long. So there's actually something pretty special about the soil on Mars. It actually has... Hold that thought. Hello? Yes, this is Will from Pocket Spouse. Who am I speaking to? Mr. Netflix. I wanted to... Talk about your show on my, my podcast. Well, I mean, I can do that right now. Just press record. 
Listener lads, I just got some great news. Totally not on that phone call I just took. We have a brand new sponsor, and that sponsor is The 100, which is on Netflix, which only costs $15, which is not that much money because you're all paying my rent. Um, so I'm going to go to Charlie, and he's going to tell you more about that show. Yes, The 100 is about the aftermath of a nuclear apocalypse, and you can see in the show the results of not colonizing Mars. It is quite relevant that colonizing Mars would have been a better option for these people. Okay, so uh, going back to before I was interrupted, the soil on Mars does actually have the required nutrients in order for plants to be able to be grown on it. It's just a matter of getting the atmosphere to a level to where they could prosper. Now, pals, I feel like we've been kind of Debbie Downer so far. We've, set, we've done a lot, of, talked about a lot of negatives, but in fact, there are a bunch of positives about colonizing Mars and the process that we're going through right now. There are many steps being taken in this journey to get there. One of these being high seas. It stands for Hawaii Space Exploration Analog and Simulation. So what this is essentially is a simulation for Mars colony. It is a, it's located in Hawaii on top of a volcano. Uh, the dirt is red there. It's very high altitude, very isolated. So it mimics, a, somewhat mimics the um, conditions on Mars. Mm-hmm. This, uh, what it is, is a, it's like a white dome, very small, fits a crew of six, and what, what they do is uh, they send people in there, and they stay there for about six months, four months, whatever the mission requires, and from there, they simulate living on Mars. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, and um, I think another, I don't know if it's the same company, but actually, I know it's not the same company, it's NASA. Um, they're actually, they sent these rovers up to Mars, I think that's really interesting because they also, that's where they test the rovers is um, <clears throat> on on climates and landscapes that simulate Mars's, um, you know, own landscape and climate, such as this high seas program. And, for example, the Mars, um, the rovers Opportunity and Curiosity actually take samples and scan the atmosphere, ground, etc., in order to gain knowledge about Mars that we don't actually know. And those have helped us so much in understanding what exactly we need to do and the conditions that are on Mars. Touching on NASA here, building off of that, NASA actually released in 2015, it was, like, it was for the public, and they released almost a summary of their plan uh, for colonizing Mars, and it involved a three-step plan. This plan goes from Earth-reliant to proving ground to Earth-independent. And those are just the three steps of research and data they're collecting to colonize Mars. So the first step, Earth Reliant, is data and uh, experiments that they're taking place aboard the ISS in order to gain more knowledge about the trip to Mars. So they need to get knowledge about how humans live in a long space journey and how that will affect their body. The next step is proving ground, and that is part of the rovers that we talked about, opportunity and curiosity. This is about getting the first steps of how we're going to colonize Mars. And the third step is Earth independent. Earth independent is the final step in which we are actually on Mars, colonizing it, living on it. All right, so let's talk about Elon Musk and SpaceX. So Elon Musk is the head of SpaceX. He like is the founder. And he's a pretty influential guy because he has a very big social media presence. And with that, he's able to uh, push the 
idea of going to Mars so that we could get there one day. And he actually is using reusable rockets, which saves a lot of money for us to be able to get there one day. Speaking of Elon, we have him in the room right now, ready to give us an exclusive interview. Exclusive to the podcast, pals. Nowhere else. Exclusively. And uh, Elon, it's great to have you in the studio with us today. And so why do you think it's important that we colonize Mars? If you, if you know that there's, a, there's likely to be, we don't know, but there's likely to be another Dark Ages, which it seems, my guess is there probably will be at some point. enough of a, of a seed of human civilization somewhere else uh, to bring civilization back um, and perhaps uh, shorten the length of the Dark Ages. Um, you know, I think that's why it's important to get a self-sustaining base, um, ideally on Mars, because Mars is far enough away from Earth that a, that, uh, a war on Earth, the Mars base might survive than a moon base. But I think a moon base and a Mars base um, that um, that could perhaps help regenerate life back here on Earth would be really important uh, to get that done before a possible World War III. Wow, that's a very insightful answer and um, very interesting, actually. Now, unfortunately, we only have time for one more question. So I think a good question that's on everybody's mind, Elon, is... What exactly is the goal of SpaceX? Yeah, the, 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 I mean, the long-term aspiration is to develop the technologies necessary to transport a large number of people and cargo to, to Mars um, in order to create a self-sustaining civilization there. And that's really why I started the company. Wow, what, a, what an interesting answer. And I, I really hope that you can um, accomplish that long-term goal. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for episode two of Podcast Pals. So um, all three of us co-hosts signing out. Podcast Pals. Podcast Pals. Podcast Pals. Podcast Pals.